Welcome. I'm Maria White, professional organizer, owner of Enough With The Stuff, and host of this podcast, Organize Your Stuff. I am thrilled you're joining me for a listen today. I will share tips on getting organized in all areas of your life, so stay tuned for simple tips or interviews with industry experts sharing their unique methods and insights for getting your home and life organized once and for all. This podcast will provide support, encouragement, and motivation along the way. I hope while you are listening, the topic will resonate and inspire you to organize your stuff. Welcome everyone to today's episode, Organized Adulting. I have another great guest to interview today about her new book called Organized Adulting, Organizing Your Space. I can't wait to jump in, but first let me give you her bio deets. Professional organizer Nancy Hayworth is known for providing simple and custom organizing and time management solutions to homeowners and businesses. She is a member of the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals, or NAPO, and the NAPO North Carolina chapter. She's the owner of On Task Organizing LLC, serving homeowners in the process of selling, relocating, downsizing, or experiencing life transitions, such as a new baby, new marriage, or sorting through the belongings of a lost loved one. Since 2012, Nancy has been assisting overwhelmed parents, business owners, and anyone ready to make a change to reduce clutter or better manage time. Nancy offers in-person organizing services in the Raleigh, North Carolina area and virtual organizing services worldwide via video chat. She's also available to speak on a variety of organizing topics. Nancy holds many NAPO specialist certificates, including those for residential organizing, household management, life transitions, and workplace productivity. She also recently took and passed the CPO exam to earn the Certified Professional Organizer status from NAPO. She just hasn't received the official certificate yet, so she didn't want me to actually mention it, but since she knows she already passed the test, I wanted to toot her horn for her. (laughs) Her contact information and the link to purchase her book will be in the show notes. Well, welcome, Nancy. That was quite the bio. Maria. I look forward to talking with you about organized adulting. Yeah, I think it's so great that you wrote this book, and I'm really curious as to what inspired you to write this particular Certainly. book. Certainly, well, in the first I have organized for people of all ages, but I actually attend a fitness studio and dance studio where I have friends who are much younger than I am. They're 20s or late early 30s, and they're uh, always talking about adulting, which is a term that I had not heard of before for a while, and <laughs> they kind of explained what that was to me, which is just the the, the mundane tasks of being an independent adult, living as a professional, things like paying bills, running errands, you know, setting up your own apartment, <laughs> uh, things like that. And I realized that there's not really a class or a course for that type of activity. You know, schools used to have home economics where you learn cooking or, and sewing maybe, but not really these kind of just regular tasks you need to know to be an adult. And if you didn't learn them at home, it's kind of a learn-as-you-go type of situation. Right. And um, so that inspired me to write a book for people who are just coming into adulthood, either they've just graduated college or they've moved out of their parents' home, they're newlyweds, whatever it may be, they're, they're just starting out. And they just give them like a game plan as to what you need to get done and what you need to do to be more successful in your adult life. And I also have a teenage daughter, and so I'm thinking about what she'll need to know as she... Uh, heads off to college and then gets out into the real world. And uh, so I figured this was a good way just to get it all condensed and give them the information they need to get started. That's great. That, yeah, that's great. Well, so you kind of 
answered my second question, which was your target readership that you would like for the book. And so the young, the younger generation, but I was thinking when you were talking that, you know, there's probably quite a few adults that you and I have both worked with over the years organizing that really didn't have that foundation either. And they've been living as adults for some time, but still are not quite there with figuring things out. And, and, you know, for a host of reasons, maybe they just didn't have that structure in their family life growing up either and didn't have the role modeling necessary for that. Uh, so I think your exactly. readership the target be readers larger, are so. <laughs> many people in their 20s, but people of all ages could use this, this uh, information, especially if they're uh, setting up and organizing yeah. a space where they've just felt like they've been floundering for years. You know, a little information can help. Right. Or, or actually just somebody who's moving and here they are going into this fresh new space. So how's the best way to think about organizing my entire space? So because you really break it down by room by room and what to think about. And I just, there were a lot of really great points. And so I just wanted to kind of jump right in. And um, I think one of the first things that you mentioned when somebody's moving is to think about and define the actual function of the room and then creating zones within the rooms if it's going to be a multi-purpose type of space. So I thought that Thanks. was great. Yes, exactly. Great when you're uh, setting up a, a new home, you know, they have rooms have names such as the dining room, but maybe you're not somebody who hosts uh, meals in your home all the time. So maybe that dining room could be a craft room or a home office or a place to work out, things like that. So you need to really define the function of each room uh, before you move in. So you know what you want to put in those spaces and then set up zones accordingly so that everything has a place. Right. And especially the smaller spaces. So, I mean, just, you know, some of these apartments or townhomes, I know in my area where I live in Virginia, it's just everything. It's teeny tiny. (laughs) So you have to really be thinking about, like you said, what do you want to be using this space for? A dining room isn't necessarily used very often in most homes. So, could it have another function? And then so when you're moving, you want to make sure those items get to those spaces. So you're ready to set it up. So yeah, great. Um, and then I, I really love your point about utilizing hidden storage. Because again, when you have a small space, you really need yes, to maximize yeah, There, there are lots space. of uh, great pieces of furniture uh, and, and that you can use just to hide things, have, give yourself an extra storage. You know, there, there's ottomans that open up. There's some coffee tables where you can store things uh, in your home or apartment. You may have a, a very tall closet. You, you can you think vertically and go upwards, add some extra shelving, uh, things like that. Just adding extra storage to the space you have really makes a big difference. Yes, and I agree with this. And like I said, the smaller the space, the the more vertical you need to go is what I tell my clients. And Make sure every piece has multifunction or storage capacity. Uh, like you mentioned with the coffee tables that have st- or storage along with like the ottomans. Some of those coffee tables can have storage and can also flip up to be a desk surface or yes. a place you could eat at sitting on the couch. So those are great. And I, I actually have a, a brand new couch for my apartment that has sort of the chaise lounge, mm-hmm. but that's a storage. <laughs> I, I can store that and then... The rest of the couch, there's a section that pulls out and pops up, and then it, the whole couch can become a bed or just a giant chaise lounge, which is great for binge watching TV. 
Um, so, but it's great because it's multifunctional. Yeah, so I think that's great. And adding those shelving where you can sort of tuck all kinds of things on shelves and have it hidden if you use the bins and baskets and whatnot. So yeah, it's good, good tips for using multi-purpose items. Um, are there, so are there any other favorite types of multifunctioning storage that you like to use in people's homes or suggest for people to purchase when they have um, we have One spaces. thing that's really great, it has several uses, is one of those over-the-door shoe organizers. Again, they, they're, they're not meant just, they're meant for shoes, yes. but they can be used in almost any room. They can be behind a bathroom door to hold like extra shampoos and hair products. And they can be used in a closet to hold scarves, belts, even socks or underwear. You don't have to put shoes in them. Uh, if you have enough doors in a small space, you can utilize an over-the-door shoe hanger behind almost every door for some purpose. You can even put you know, toys in them, uh, uh, food in the pantry. There's there so many different options that you can use an over-the-door shoe organizer, and they're so easy to find and, and versatile. And cheap, yes. And cheap. <laughs> and they're, they're relatively cheap. So I, I agree. Those are bar none, one of the best resources to add a little bit more storage. And I just cringe when I walk into a, a space and I see that they have the mm -hmm. sliding closet doors or the bifold closet doors, because then we can't use the doors for that hidden storage. So, but I agree, those pockets are excellent. And um, even um, I'd say the container store has those yeah. over the door shelves, it's a little bit uh, different, a little more sturdy for things if you want your pantry to hold heavy things, but yeah, they're either yeah, those one of those makes wonderful great too. Extra. Yes. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to jump over to the kitchen space because I just chuckled throughout reading some of your book because it was just things that I see over and over again in people's homes. But um, you mentioned adjusting the shelves and the cabinets. I don't know what it is about the shelves mm -hmm. that people don't think about doing that. <laughs> they just kind of move into their space and they see the shelves as is and they just try and pack what they can in there but they really don't maximize the space or actually really make it right. functional because they don't adjust yes, the shelves most it's kitchens nowadays have adjustable shelves i have been in kitchens where that's not a, poss a possibility but yeah you can just take the the tabs out and oh, move the shelves awful. up and down and do that while you're moving in so that the height you know, matches the height of your glasses or your plates mm -hmm. and that you're stacking uh and if you can't adjust them. You can also use a, a riser, uh, an extra like shelf to um, help support some of your items and make it easier so you can get things in and out of your cabinets. Yeah, those are great. Those risers, those are also a very cheap solution. I have two of them in my dish cabinet because I have lots of different types, sizes and different things. And I don't want them all stacked on top of each other because it's such a hassle to get what you need out. So having those risers are so great yes. it just maximizes the space and uh you also mentioned a great area of the home that a lot of people tend to struggle with but having a designated drop zone by the entry it's yes, a great it is. way to reduce when you're moving clutter. into a new home it's great to set up a drop zone so that you have a space to put things when you're coming in and out of your home so you should set this up near the door that you use the most and it should be an area where you can drop your purse, your wallet, your cell phone, uh, you know, bags coming in and out of the house, uh, but also a place where you and your family or anybody else in the home can go to to look for information, you know, having a 
calendar or dry erase board or family menu there is wonderful. Uh, you can have a place to put your keys, uh, hooks for bags, and maybe even jackets if you have the space, uh, an area to collect incoming mail. All of that, all of those things, those are the kinds of things that spread throughout a house. Often they end up on a kitchen counter and then you can't use the counter for cooking or eating. Yes. Uh, but if you yes. can set up a, a small drop zone, and this can be just something hanging on the wall or a small table or a small shelf. It, it doesn't have to be huge, but just an area where you know that's where everything goes when you, you walk in the door. And then when you're walking out the door, it's much easier to pick up your phone and your keys and, and get out the door if uh, you have that kind of drop zone in place. And that's really a, a wonderful and essential thing to set up to keep your home clutter free. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people don't really create those areas, those drop zones or command centers. And, you know, in the smaller apartment type spaces, again, having one of those over the door pocket hangers would be great to put there's a spot for your keys your sunglasses you know your your mail even incoming and outgoing <laughs> you know so it's just right there at the door you can't miss it you're, you're walking in the door you put everything in the pockets you walk out the door you grab what you need and it's just a great that's another great place to create a command center if maybe you don't have a place to put a little table or anything extra in those spaces you're walking in your door so yeah, small spaces are tricky, but you have to be creative and think a little bit yes. outside of the box, I think. So you also mentioned in your book, uh, decluttering on a regular schedule to maintain the organized place is something uh, I think a lot of people assume that once you organize the space, it just stays that right. way. <laughs> so I, I tend to use the analogy of when people go on a diet, you know, you you have to maintain good eating habits. You can't just lose the weight and then go back to the way you were eating before. So it's the same way with organizing. You get organized, but then, you know, the goal is to simplify your space so that it's easier to maintain, but you definitely have to keep on top of it. And you had some good suggestions. Exactly. For how yes, yes, that. right. Setting up your home obviously takes some time and getting everything in place. But once you have a spot for everything, you may feel that you're organized now and you don't need to do any more, but things come in and out of your home daily, you know, from mail, papers, food, clothes, you're buying things, you're, you're, things are coming in and out. Usually more comes in than goes out. And so as you accumulate objects, your place may become cluttered and disorganized just because there's so much and you don't have the storage space for it. And so I suggest that people declutter at least once or twice a year. Uh, really, it's whatever frequency works best for them, but uh, at minimum once a year, because you're bringing in so much uh, throughout the year. And uh, usually I suggest doing it before the holiday season so that you have an, a nice uh, clean space for hosting people, but also a space to for those new gifts that will probably come in. And then maybe in the summer as well, just you know, seasonally, whatever works for you. But when you're going through and culling and purging items, you really have to ask yourself, is this object still useful to me now? And is it truly of value to me? And ask yourself, when was the last time you used it? Do you see yourself using it in the future? And then once you decide that you do want to declutter um, this item, you have a choice. Obviously, you can give it to a friend, you can sell it, you can donate it, or you could just toss it or recycle it, depending on what it is. Uh, a lot of times I see people who get overwhelmed with clutter, having piles of things that they're going to sell eventually at a yard sale or sell online one day, but that day never comes. And then suddenly a whole corner of a room mm -hmm. is full of 
of stuff that you don't want, but it, uh, it, needs, it needs to go somehow. So, you know, it's setting up a time to actually right. sell these things or just admit that you're not going to do that and get, get a box or two and bring it to a charity and get things out as soon as possible. So I, I do suggest that if you can plan a time once or twice a year where you just go through every closet, drawer, cabinet in your home and just gather the things that you know you're not going to use and either immediately sell them or immediately donate them, that really helps to keep your home organized. And unfortunately, it is staying organized really is a daily task. You have to <laughs> uh, keep up after it every day, putting things away. And, and uh, so doing this a couple of times a year makes it much easier, especially if you're going to move again or you know, and you don't know where you, a lot of people do this when they move and then it becomes overwhelming to go through all of that as you're moving to a new place. So Absolutely. it's better to keep up with it and keep your current home uh, the way you want it. Right. And, and, you know, when you have your home organized already, you just said something really quickly was to just keep up with it each day and putting things away when you're using it, because it's so much easier to actually put things away when right. you know where it needs to go. When you, when you have a home for everything, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but it's just so much easier than you don't have to think about what to do with something after you've used it, you know, where to put it away. And it takes seconds rather than the, the other side of it would be looking for it for minutes or, <laughs> you know, however long it's going to take you to find something. People waste a lot of time looking for things because they don't have their items living in a designated spot. So yeah, keeping up with their daily is important, but I think definitely the once or twice a year kind of big purge, maybe seasonally, because that's sometimes when people change over their closets. So that's a good time to maybe start doing the purging in one area and kind of keep going <laughs> to other areas. And um, you mentioned the whole, let, let me save these things and have a yard sale someday. And I'm sure we both uh -huh. see a lot of that and it, it never happens. It's just so time consuming and I asked my clients, you know, you know, is there enough money that you were going to get out of this to justify your time being wasted, you know, preparing for it, setting it up, spending the day, sitting outside, waiting for people to come, buying things for pennies, and and then you still end up with lots of stuff left over. You exactly. have to donate yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. the same thing so, with selling it online. A lot of people say, well, I'll yeah. do a yard sale. I'll sell it on eBay or Facebook Marketplace mm. or something. And then they still have to take a picture, post it, list it deal with inquiries, get it to the person who wants it. it there's a lot of time involved and I think yes. people don't realize that or they never get to it because there's so much time involved. Right. And I don't think people realize the toll that it takes on them mentally when they have this pile that's growing somewhere in their house, whether they see it daily or they just know it's there. And it's sort of taking some of that mental energy from them when they have to think about, oh, yeah, I really should do that. And then they have right. the guilt of not doing it. And, you know, just if you know you're not keeping it, just donate it, let somebody else relove it and give it a new life. So, you know, I, I just can't emphasize that whole process enough with people. So that was good. Um, so and then you also went into and this is something that we definitely don't talk about with our kids is the maintenance part of having a home that you own and 
that you have to really keep a regular schedule of that and then how you track it. And um, you mentioned an, an app for that. Do you want to talk yes, about uh, that a little? What I mentioned in the, in the book is I, I talk about ways to maintain your home and also uh, ways to uh, keep track of a home inventory and home repairs and things like that. And I mean, if you're renting an apartment or condo or something, some of this does apply to you, but not as much as if you're actually in your own home, because you may, when you're prepared to sell it, you need to, to know what you have. But uh, the app that I was talking about, uh, or I mentioned to you, was called HomeZada, H-O-M-E-Z-A-D-A. And what that is, it's an, it's an inventory. It's an app to help you with your home inventory. And it's very good to have a, um, an inventory of your new space. Once you've moved in, it's a good idea to take pictures of every room, every piece of furniture, any valuables. Uh, keep track of what you have in your space and also the value of those items. Uh, you'll need this for your homeowners or renters insurance. It'll help you to, to, uh, with that. And if anything goes wrong, whether there's a, a flood or a fire or some other kind of disaster, um, you, know, you, you will have this inventory available. And so this app HomeZada lets you keep track of, of what's in every room and um, the value of those items and, and things like that. And that is very important. And Another thing to keep track of is home repairs, which I believe the home is audible to do that as well. I personally have been using it for inventory, but keeping track of, you know, when you need to mm -hmm. like change the smoke detector batteries or change your air filters or, um, you know, how frequently you need pest control or lawn care service, all of this stuff, it, it's, it's helpful to kind of write it all down and, and, and figure out when these regular home maintenance things have to happen so that you can keep track of it all. And when you're selling your home, it's very beneficial. I, I, I'm in my second home now, but when I sold my first home, they wanted a, a list of almost everything. You know, when when did you have this window replaced? Or just, you, know, you need to give them all this information, right. the value of, of things that you've, you've done. You know, when did you uh, put a new appliance in? And and so this is very helpful, not only for the everyday running of your household, but also if you do end up selling uh, and, and moving, you have inventory of everything you have a schedule of when things were done and any information that the, the realtor or the new homeowner might need yeah those are actually really important when you're selling your home you definitely want to be able to say that hey the roof was replaced two years ago <laughs> rather than yeah we haven't replaced it um you know the water mm -hmm. heater that's a big deal uh, the hvac system so having that and being able to just pull it up instantly and handing that to your realtor to add that to your description that's a huge benefit for selling your house but also having such an inventory is super beneficial for the hopefully never experienced uh you know event yes. of a fire or water damage and and you know the insurance companies really want you to have a detailed list of what you had um, and it's really hard to come up with that list uh -huh. mentally <laughs> when you don't have any reference for it. And so at the very least, if somebody is, when they first move in and have everything unpacked and put away, it's to just do, like you said, go room to room, take pictures yes. or a video, even open every drawer, open every door, every closet, and make sure that you have an image of everything you own. And then maybe it's something you have to update occasionally or just add two as you make bigger purchases. But having that will save you so much stress and in case of an emergency where you have a lot of damage to your home and you need to send that to the insurance 
adjuster. So yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> so so Homezada, so you say it Homezada? Homezada, H-O-M-E-Z-A-D-A. You can check out their website and they have a great app uh, for your phone to, to kind of keep track of all that kind of home maintenance and inventory stuff. Great. That's good because then does it also send you alerts and things like that to remind yes. you like, hey, it's you time to change your filters. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's super handy. That's super handy for people who just really never think about that kind of thing. And, and those are actually pretty important. Even sometimes they're just really basic things like changing those intake filters. Um, yeah, those are important to do. So that would be great to have those reminders. Uh, another thing is related to sort of the maintenance of the home, but you mentioned in your book about having the manuals and, and keeping the manuals, setting up files. I was wondering if um, you were familiar with the manualsonline.com where most of the manuals can be found for your products. So yes. You don't necessarily have to keep you them. You definitely can find most manuals digitally uh, and save them that way as long as you, again, save them in a place on your computer where you can find them when you need them. <laughs> that's that's the important thing. Yes. Yeah. Because household manuals, user manuals, you take up a lot of space, but some of those you might need to keep, again, in case you you have a, you sell your home, um, and pass it on to the next homeowner, but so much of that can be found online. Yeah, I, I run into a lot mm -hmm. of manuals in people's homes. Yes. <laughs> and they're not necessarily in files either, but but it tends to be one of those things where I'm like, you know, we can find these online. So I, I do recommend like, right. let's just check that we can find it online first. And then, you know, once you are confident that it's there, <laughs> then you're they can be more comfortable letting go of the paper piece of it because honestly they can really add up to a big pile and it's a lot of paper to hang on to for something that you may never actually touch again so if you can find yes. it online i definitely encourage that <laughs> yeah so i loved your um tip for the garage where you mentioned you know having the cars in the garage and then putting painters tape around the car with the doors open so you can actually see well, how much space do we have in this garage on either side of the car or in front of the car to then start filling in yes, with our thank stuff? Thank you. Yeah, that, that tip um, is very helpful to lots of people. I mean, when you're setting up a, I, I do a lot of garage reorganizing projects and, you know, you take everything out and then try to put it back along the walls to make space for these vehicles. But, you know, especially if there's parking a couple of vehicles in there, you really need to make sure there's enough space to park both of these cars have space in between to walk ability to open up the doors on both sides and you're not hitting the new you know shelves or cabinets or whatever is hanging on the walls so the painter's tape really helps just to kind of lay out that parking space for those things another thing i, I do yeah. uh, with usually people with younger children who have uh, you know, little bikes and, and and things like that is we can use painter's tape as well to block out where their parking space is so that then they are not parked in an area that may block the vehicle from coming in and out or, or things like that. If you can you know, lay out where things are supposed to stay, it makes it much easier. Yeah, that, well, that's a great tip. You could even just, after you've laid that all out, to use a little bit of paint to keep it more right. permanent yeah, for the kids. Sleep on the floor, <laughs> but it does help at least when you're blocking out the spaces and you can know what will fit in each area. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any um, 
favorite products for the garage storage for garage just organizing oh, in general well, to keep it yes there, there are, depending on the layout of the garage there are many garages that already have built-in shelves or cabinets things like that if you don't have those you can obviously add in your own uh, freestanding shelving uh, you know, metal or plastic shelving you can get it at places like home depot or lowe's uh, they're wonderful just to and you can adjust the shelves on them as well um, hooks along the wall. You can either add hooks or you can get some kind of a fast track system. Uh, there are several different brands that carry that where you can you know, put the uh, um, put it on the wall so that you're able to hang rakes, uh, shovels, all those kinds of things up on, on along the wall. Um, but things that I, I suggest mainly for a garage um, is if you have loose items, putting those in clear lidded plastic bins by category and then you can put those on shelves or in a cabinet um, you know tools gardening supplies there's so many little things in garages and it's very easy for those to get lost or just get dirty or have insects on them and, and things like that so it's best to protect those things with some kind of lidded bin uh, one thing i always tell people is try to avoid putting um, paper cardboard boxes in garages those things will you know, just disintegrate over time i've lifted up boxes where the bottom has already fallen falling out because it's wet or, or the temperature has yeah. adjusted it but um yeah hooks using the wall again thinking vertically you, um, you can also put something on, on the ceiling if you have a very tall garage uh, to store you know off-season items or big things that you don't use every day uh, like a cooler or camping gear things like that but uh, definitely hooks along the wall shelving along the wall and cabinets if depending on what you prefer cabinets or shelves are great for garages and then also for bikes either having a place to park them if there's space or you can also have a bike stand where you can put a couple along the wall on top one on top of another save you some space Right. Or those pulleys that they can go up to the ceiling yes. if you have a tall garage. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and I agree about the cardboard because oof, those just end up being really bad news. They attract the mice and the bugs and you just end up having a disaster of a mess in the box yes. of whatever is in there. <laughs> so <clears throat> I agree. Plastic, plastic is the way to go. But uh, definitely those are all good suggestions. Okay, well, Nancy, thank you so much for sharing your book with us today and all these great tips that are in the book. I don't want to give away everything on the podcast today. So if our listeners hear any good tips that they're interested in reading more about, uh, this book is pretty inclusive. It covers every room in the house. It gives you a lot to think about when setting up your new space, or whether you're a new homeowner, a renter, just starting out, or have been in your place for a long time and you just want to get some basic thoughts on processing and how to set up your spaces from room to room in your home. So I encourage you to take a look. Uh, the link will be in the show notes if you would like to order the book. And um, I just wanted to thank Nancy once again for being on You're our You're welcome. Thank, thank you, you, Maria, so for having me. And I, I'm very excited to, uh, to continue listening to your podcast. I'm a big fan. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much.
After listening to this podcast today, I hope you have some useful takeaways and feel super motivated to get organized. But maybe you're at a loss with how to start or where to go next in your organizing journey. Wouldn't it be amazing to have me right there to guide you through the process when you're losing motivation or feeling stuck with what to do next? I may not live near you, so through the wonders of our modern technology, I can be right by your side. Virtually, of course. You heard me. I offer virtual organizing. Reach out to me through my website linked below and we could schedule your first session today. Also, don't forget to reach out to me on social media with comments about an episode or a topic you would like covered in a future podcast. Links are below in the show notes. Go get your organizing on. 